Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, horror, and comics help us explore our own humanity. And this is Sci-Fi Talk Daily for February 23rd, 2023. Here I look around the internet on news on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics. Variety reports that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania hit $46 million on opening day. Marvel kicked off the box office, again in high gear, and it landed the largest opening day of 2023 so far with that $46 million from 4,345 locations, a figure that includes $17.5 million from the Thursday night preview screenings. And that marks the third highest February opening day in history, standing behind two other superhero adventures, Black Panther at $75.9 million and Deadpool at $47.3 million. Quantumania also landed the highest such figure for the Ant-Man series, beating the 2015 original, $22.6 million, and its 2018 sequel at $33 million. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. Let's return to Sci-Fi Talk with Tony Teado. Deadline reports that Emmy-winning composer Gerald Freed has passed. He was a composer of some of television's brightest moments and biggest in the 1960s. He died Friday at St. Vincent's Hospital in Bridgeport, Connecticut of pneumonia at age 95. Freed won an Emmy for the miniseries Roots, rescuing the project when Quincy Jones missed several deadlines. His career included scoring five early Stanley Kubrick films, including Paths of Glory, The Killing, and received the only Oscar nomination for a documentary score, 1975, Birds Do It, Bees Do It. Freed earned five other Emmy nominations during his long career. He was a go-to composer in his time. His resume includes providing music for the episodes of Star Trek, Gilligan's Island, The Man from Uncle, Ben Casey, Mission Impossible, Lost in Space, Gunsmoke, Wagon Train, Mannix, Policewoman, and Dynasty. For Star Trek, he wrote the famous theme, you know it. Collider has a story of one of the characters of Ghost going to hell. By the loins of Freya, major drama is stirring on Ghost, while Flower, while Flower, Sheila Carrasco, and Torfin, Devin Chandler Long, had their anticipated first date at Woodstone B&B following the very scary ghost trap fiasco. Hetty, Rebecca Wasunsky, emerged as a rather duplicitous figure following a heated confrontation with, with Nigel, John Hartman, the boyfriend of her best friend Isaac, Brandon Scott Jones. While the two each vying to keep America militiaman on their side, it seems like things turn into a powder keg by season's end. Tack on a very feisty direction that has her found at tearing a bit at the seams and determined at any cost could Hetty send Nigel to hell using her so-called power. Like she previously did with her robber baron husband Elias, Matt Walsh. Could she do it? Who knows? More on Collider.com. Deadline has a conversation with Toby Jones, and here is James with that story. Deadline sat down with Toby Jones to talk about his latest roles. 
Toby Jones says he initially had concerns of being bored out my mind working on summer blockbuster Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but the actor tells Deadline that he's so relieved that I had done it because actually, I absolutely loved working on that film. The fifth installment of the Indiana Jones franchise is so different, from the flow of more recent films he's appeared in such as Sam Mendes' heartfelt drama Empire of Light, and Sebastian Lelio's thrilling Irish tale The Wonder. It's so massive. He says. Jones explains that his concerns going into Indiana Jones were that you work so incrementally and you work beat by beat, moment by moment with special effects. 20 seconds might take two weeks to film. I thought I'd be bored out of my mind, but I found the whole thing so fascinating. And in the end, I was so relieved that I had done it. He also felt pleased that he'd gotten the opportunity to do some of his own stunts, even though he'd thought a stuntman would some of the more trickier ones. All I can tell you is that as time wore on with that film, we came to various action-like moments and I'd think, well, that'll be a stuntman thing, and a stuntman will come along for that. And days would sort of arrive and they'd go, Toby, do you want to come on set? And I'd come on set like, right, I thought they were doing the stunt, the big thing, and he's sort of like, yeah, so you'll walk along here. And I kept thinking that at some point someone's going to tap me and go, but we'll let the stuntman do that and that. And it never happened, he says, eyes widening. More at Deadline.com, this is James reporting. Tor.com previews a power unbound, the final entry in Freya Mart's A Winning Glass Binding Trilogy the queer historical fantasy series that began with a marvelous light. A Power Unbound will be available November 7, 2023 from Tor Publishing. A breathtaking romp of plot, prose as sparkling and luxuriant as a diamond sautier, and the, at the heart of it all, a sense of wondrous possibility. The New York Times on her book, A Restless Truth. Secrets, magic, enemies to something more? Jack Alston, Lord Hawthorne, would love a nice, safe, comfortable life. But after the death of his twin sister, he thought he was done with magic for good. But with the threat of a dangerous ritual hanging over every magician in Britain, he's drawn reluctantly back in that world. Now Jack is living in a bizarre puzzle box of a magical London townhouse, helping an unlikely group of friends track down the final piece of the last contract before their enemies can do the same. And to make matters worse, they need the help of a writer and thief, Alan Ross. Cagey and argumentative, Alan is only in this for the money. The aristocratic Lord Hawthorne, with all his unearned power, is everything that Alan hates. And unfortunately, Alan happens to be everything that Jack wants in one gorgeous, infuriating package. There's more on this at Tor.com. Collider has a story on Emperor Palpatine's return in The Bad Batch. You know, that series had brought back probably the greatest villain of Star Wars, Emperor Palpatine, Ian McDermott doing the voicing himself. With two new episodes, the animated series gave us a brief but exciting new arc that's closest to a political thriller in the franchise since season one of Andor came to an end and showed us more of the Emperor's political prowess and mastery as he once again cheats the whole of the Senate and some of the most loyal agents to come out as a victim in a situation of his own design and to his own benefit. 
Palpatine also makes his appearance in the first of two episodes, The Clone Conspiracy. In it, the Imperial Senate is abuzz with debate around new legislation that would finally have consolidated soldiers take the clone's place as the main force behind the Imperial military. But little do the senators know, however, that the clones are already being phased out by the Empire, with stormtroopers already making up the bulk of the army and fighting most of the missions. And the clones who were present at the destruction of Tiboka City in Camino being assassinated so as not to leak any classified information. More at Collider.com. Variety reports that Squid Game is going VR. If reenacting deadly challenges from Squid Game, along with your pals, sounds like a rollicking night out, you're in luck. Sandbox VR, an operator of location-based virtual reality experiences, announces a partnership with Netflix to create a fully immersive VR experience based on the violent but extremely fun Squid Game thriller from South Korea. The Sandbox VR Squid Game Virtual Reality Experience is set to open in late 2023. In it, players are transported to multiple Squid Game locations where they become contestants in a variety of pulse-pounding challenges inspired by the Netflix show, and they compete against each other to be the last one standing, according to the company. After each game session, Sandbox VR will give the players personalized highlight video reels capturing their in-game reactions and recapping how their own Squid Game story played out. There is more at Variety.com. And Penelope has the winners from the Directors Guild Awards. Variety has the winners of the Directors Guild Awards. Michael Schneider writes, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Skaynard aka The Daniels, the duo behind the sci-fi comedy Everything Everywhere All at Once, won the top prize at the Directors Guild Awards. This has been an incredible year for our little film that somehow keeps going, Kwan said. This was the first DGA Award nomination for the filmmakers. In the limited series-slash-TV movie category, Helen Shaver won for Station Eleven. Having started her career as an actor, Shaver recounted her journey to becoming a director. Thank you DGA for recognizing me as one of your peers, she said. This was Shaver's first DGA Award nomination. Other winners of interest were Aoife McArdle, Severance, Hide and Seek, Apple TV+, Ben Stiller, Severance, The Wee We Are, Deborah Chow, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Disney+, more at Variety.com. This is Penelope reporting. And that is my Sci-Fi Talk Daily for February 23rd, 2023. My all-AI edition is out this Friday. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.